It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Yay. <laughs> okay. This is Blog Talk Radio, and this is The K Factor, where K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it, and it's my pleasure to tell you about this new series that we've launched. So every day we have a theme, and what I've done for the benefit of myself, my associates, and for all of you in our listening audience, is I've themed each day. And so now we're to Friday. We started it on a Sunday. And Sunday being a great day to kind of gear up for everything, right? Get reflective, get your respite, and get everything going and ready. And so we've worked through each day. And today is called Freedom Friday. And I have invited just this incredible human being who I liked, bingo, from the moment we met, by friends at a Starbucks in St. Louis, Missouri. This is Dr. Charlie Cartwright. Good morning, Charlie Cartwright. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm just delightful. I think it is so much fun to be doing this. Absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm excited to get started. Yeah, me too. So, you know, it's interesting because Charlie and I come at things from the same heart and, and from a place where from two different parts of of how to do life, we come up to this place where we meet. And, and every, every, every conversation that we have, we both get into this space where we say, isn't it great that we're in, the, we're in alignment? <laughs> we had a long conversation last night about planning all this and everything. And even just the way we've got our atmosphere set up, you know, we're ready for business and for comfort. We both love windows. Let the light shine, you know, and and we're ready to go. So, um, Charlie, there's so much to talk about in terms of of the theme of Freedom Fridays, but I really want people to get a sense of who you are because I think that you are absolutely magnificent, and we got a whole hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, who the heck is Charlie? Who's who's this? Dr. Charlie Cartwright guy. And how did how did you get there? Are you are you a brain surgeon or an astrophysicist? Are you <laughs> I'm baiting you because I know, but tell everybody what who are you? Where'd you come from? What's the skinny? You know, it's a, wow, everybody has an interesting story and I guess mine's right in there. Yeah. With that, you know, grew up in a small town in the Midwest, a lake in Kansas and that was an interesting uh, childhood growing up in the 60s and early 70s. And, uh, you know, the country has changed significantly since then. Yeah. And, you know, growing up, my grandparents lived in this house really right next to the railroad track. Like, really? You know, if you go by that space, the city bought it, and it's just wow. one space because it was probably – from the side of the house, it was probably 
somewhere between 50 and 60 feet from the track. So it was, wow. it was right there. So, you know, humble beginnings there. And uh, but my grandfather was a World War II veteran. My grandmother worked really hard as an entrepreneur. And uh, I really would work. I started working with her when I was in middle school and cleaning office buildings. And really? We did. And wow. So, she was like, I think when I look back at my childhood growing up and spending a ton of time with my grandparents, my grandmother was kind of like uh, Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid, you know? <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. I was teaching me all these things. Oh, how neat. And, uh, and uh, in a good way. And yeah. Really loved, you know, really loved me. And uh, um, I think that she definitely taught me how to be a gentleman for sure and how to treat other people. And then my grandfather would, uh, just out of the blue, we'd be watching television or something, and he'd just lean over and tell me something that he thought I needed to know. Really? And so, you know, years of that was just so valuable. And so I think that planted the seed there where I just wanted to be the best person I could be, and, and I want to be the best human being I can be, and I want to help other people uh, really navigate this life in the best way possible. And uh, at the end of that, that when my time is up here, that I want the world to be a little bit better because I was here and that the fact that I was here, there was a positive difference. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the underlying current for me in everything that I do. And so whether it be uh, relaxing with friends, reading a book, uh, internet research, everything I do has a purpose. I don't just look out the window and uh, and, and space out. There's a purpose to pretty much every second that I spend. And uh, I'm enjoying life and, and really enjoying meeting people, learning new things, and being as positively impactful on my community as I can be. So you came from a big family, and you yet, even in a big family, got some wonderful attention. I love the story about your grandparents. I actually hadn't heard that part before. Yeah, they were such good people and, uh, you know, loved me. I won't say unconditionally, but... (laughs) (laughs) Right. They loved me enough to get me through uh, some some tough childhood things. You know, my my parents, I think... um, you know, had some struggles for sure. My father in particular had some very, some, some demons that he never did slay with alcoholism and anger and all these uh, things that went with that. But I, I had a I had a safe place to go on the weekends, and uh, that 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 was the difference. You know what? I am so glad that you said exactly what you just said, because Freedom Fridays, in a lot of ways ought to be a day when you and I are coming together and we're talking about these kinds of issues because the way that your mom and dad loved you enough to allow you the time to be invited by your grandparents to go to them was a whole freedom for you out of a circumstance where maybe during that time um, that you're with your grandparents, your parents had time for trying to figure things out between the two of them or whatever right that i think that one of the beautiful things about about our culture is when family really comes together and affords one another opportunities 
for rest and for learning. And it, and it sounds like, you know, you're laughing about unconditional love. Yeah, right. I had it too. But I had to behave myself in order to really get the experience of it. You know, it's like, well, well wait a second. You know, you can't. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, they, they can absolutely love you, but they might not like you very much in these certain moments. Right. So, um, we're both Midwesterners. You're so fortunate to have had your grandparents. My grandparenting story is so different. But um, then, how did you how did you end up becoming the doctor that you are? And and uh, I I love that story because your journey through life has been so interesting. And when you say that you don't you don't look out the window and just space out. Um, you know, you're so engaged in your in your mind. You're so active in your brain. I love that about you. And and it and it's driven you to work and seek work and work hard and diligently and smart and then look for ways to just continue to feed that great brain of yours. So talk about what your what your career work and career path have been, including that doctoral pathway. Yeah, so I, I made plenty of mistakes along the way, and I came out of my childhood, you know, just with a lot of anger. Yeah. Uh, I felt, um, you know, I experienced my fair share of racism, I think, and and then I think also just growing up in that household environment, it was really tough, you know, there was domestic violence and all those things. Yeah. And then, you know, psychological abuse. And then uh, I had found my way through athletics, and I thought that was my ticket. And it didn't get me to college. And then when I just on a scholarship, and then when I discovered when I got to college on a scholarship, at the time I didn't know what it was, but now I realized that I had a real challenge with social anxiety. And so for me to look into a classroom and see 150 strangers in there and go and sit down was not natural at all. And uh, I would just get sweaty, and I would just leave, right? And I remember the first year of college, I did fine, my grades were fine, but I realized, looking back, that well, all my teammates were in those classes. Oh, really? Year two, it starts to be spreading out, and, and I had a lot of classes that didn't have any teammates in them, and so those classes I didn't go to. Well, that's the problem, right? So after uh, three years, you know, I kind of boxed myself in a corner there and, and I didn't even know how to articulate the issue but I don't know that any football player wants to go to his coach and say hey I'm scared to go to class yeah. so it was a strange thing and so I left there and when I left school because um, I, I got suspended for like spring practice because my, I hadn't passed enough credit hours you know and so then you're having all this self-doubt of I go, am I smart enough to be here and all of those things and and so I end up just quitting, right? Just quit quit team, quit quit school, quit everything and went went to work. And that wasn't really a uh, a good solution, but at the time where I was maturity and space wise I didn't really realize where I was at and uh, went to work for UPS and, and I and I worked hard in order to get a promotion. And then I remember going to the school 
I don't think they have it anymore, but it's called SDGS, Supervisors Basic Training. Yeah. Three weeks away from your family. Oh. You back before cell phones. You have 30 minutes. You have five minutes every other day to call home. That was it. That was okay. it? That was it. And that was what so, UPS, your employer, did to you? That was UPS. So wow. It was so interesting because we were on a college campus in the summer, so there's no college session. So you're isolated, and then, you know, you're getting maybe three, four hours of sleep a night. We had all this homework and all these things to do. And then there wasn't a lot of food, believe it or not. Really? And so if you look at brainwashing techniques, it's isolation, food deprivation, and sleep deprivation. Yeah, right. Right. Did you say this was three weeks? Three weeks. Three weeks. You're in class six you're in class six six days a week. From like seven you know, we had activities from like seven AM to around eleven PM at night, then you had homework, you see. And so you had all these things to memorize on there called T fifty seven. And so it was basically a protocol could be starting a truck or or whatever the the protocol was but you had to recite these things by memory word for word. Oh my. And so I discovered at that time that I had a really good memory. But my roommate and it was all about operations my roommate was an accountant. So he had no operational experience. Well you can't go to bed until your roommate knows what you know. Oh so really? Half the night with this guy. Oh my help them with these things and so but at some point during that that time he asked me a question he said how do you memorize all this stuff I don't know and he said hey when you memorize these things he says do you just remember remember it somehow or do you see the words I said no I see the words from the the documents I say so you have a photographic memory my father my entire childhood had made a big deal about people with a photographic memory with Jesus right and he had impressed that upon me. And now I'm in my 20s and I discover that I have a photographic memory. So that was the first time I really felt like How I neat. in my whole life. Wow. And then so, you know, went the UPS career, went into leadership. And, uh, you know, I, I, I imploded, you know, towards the, towards the end just because I didn't have any balance whatsoever. And all the skills that I've developed over time, I didn't have them. So quit that job went back to school, and then during that time, going back to school, finished my bachelor's degree, got my doctor's degree, and I worked for FedEx Ground for a decade during that space. Wow. And the, the people I met there and in a different circumstance and environment, and so UPS, I was sales and operations. Now FedEx Ground, I was an admin and operations and dealing with independent contractors different than dealing with employees and union environment. Very so much so. All of, all of these things really molded me and people that I came into contact with the situation and making mistakes along the way. But the whole time I was just searching, who am I? What should I be doing? How can I be a contributor? How can I be successful? What does that look like personally and professionally? And so it's just this process of time and it takes time. And, you know, Acquiring some mentor, a couple of mentors later in life, and all of a sudden things started clicking. So the effort was always there, the desire was always there, but I didn't have the direction. 
to get where I'm, I am, but I've been fortunate to have a couple of really great uh, great mentors that took an interest in me. Yeah. And, 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 and gave some direction in there, and then I could figure it out. And uh, but we're all a work in progress, but that's really how I got to where we are today. You know what's so intriguing about you is that <clears throat> I'm I'm thinking of the theme of our of our of our show, which by the way we'll be doing every Friday, <laughs> and so this is just going to be we're booked, <laughs> and and so the idea is for us to have our audience get to know us, get to know who we are, and and learn the kinds of things that we can bring to you, and in in the midst of the theme of kindness, the the idea that the K factor is about all the things that lead to kindness. I always love where I, wherever it was that I heard it, and, and it did not originate in my mind. I somehow pieced it together or cobbled it together or heard it from some other source or sources that the real currency in this life is kindness. And, and as you're describing the activity of your, of your grandparents, a lot of discipline there, but also a tremendous amount of kindness. As you're describing um, these humble beginnings, you know, your your grandmother, you know, she no doubt valued and needed your your um, your athleticism to do the the physical work that she was doing, and that was of major benefit. But there was a kindness in that, and also from your grandfather, the way that you said that he would lean into you. And, and tell you what he thought you needed to know for whatever it was that was inspiring him. So there's all this kindness. And, and when people come at you from those places, you know, it's so safe and you're describing being in a big family, but having that attention, being in a small town, there's no preparation for you to go to college and go into that huge environment. I know having taught in, in a university for many years, I was always um, – anxious for my students about my students because they had no matter where they came from they had no preparation for being away from their parents their homeland the you know and when I say homeland I mean home ground and and walking into this huge atmosphere and whenever kids walked into my classroom I was always trying to figure out ways to make you know whether it was a class of 25 or 250 how do I make it a small town experience a small room experience a small class experience because as you were describing being that guy who would walk in and get sweaty and freak out, I would have one of my teaching assistants follow you out of the room and say, Hey, Charlie, you know what? We get it. Come on back in. I'll sit by you. And, and then I would invite you back to my office afterwards to have a conversation with you, but people get lost in our culture. And, and so it, what happened with you, the way that it sounds to me is that, you had this enormous opportunity that you were you were inspired and motivated to do, right? And it was just this dream come true, and the ticket became the winning ticket, and you get to go to the university, and holy bejeez, there's really no <clears throat> no prep, no guidance. And so an adolescent is still a kid trying to figure out childhood from adulthood, right? Mm-hmm. So you're in this adult environment as a kid as an adolescent and you have both the fear factor and then also the wisdom 
to look for a freedom out of that angst, which to you was work. And bless your heart that you didn't just drop out and and say the heck with it. I'm so frustrated by my life. You were ambitious. And I hear ambition running through you. The other thing that I think is interesting is as you're describing this three-week boot camp. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, even for the Marines, you know, I think they give them a lot of food, you know, and they make them work together. But the thing that I like about what you said that that really clicked things for you was that there was accountability. They were doing a strange kind of a, a team building, right? You and your roommate were in it together. Heaven help you if you went to sleep with the knowledge and your roommate showed up in the next day. So you had accountability and in the building of that relationship under conditions of exhaustion, he started noticing things about you that he was grateful for. And you were able to infiltrate him and probably help him through that course, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, there you go. And then so you have this work experience at UPS. Here's what I love. When I would get one winter, I got a delivery back-to-back, UPS and FedEx, and my stairs, it had been so fast snowing, my stairs were full of snow. The FedEx guy was a guy, the UPS guy was a gal, and she had a hard time delivering this wood-burning stove thing that I had from the Amish people, you know, it was wonderful. Electric, you put it, but it looks like a wood-burning stove. Anyway, I said to the two of them, is there any way to have you all team up to do this delivery? <laughs> they were like, oh, no, our enemies, no can do. And I said, really? And they went, nah, we can do it. But don't tell anybody. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's so funny that you went from UPS to FedEx because the transfer of knowledge and skill in information, in training, and blending between those two companies. What a gift. That had to be fascinating. It really was. That, that's 20 years between the two companies. Wow. And so the, the, just the lessons that I learned, there's no replacement for that. The, the expectation is sky high. Pressure is sky high. Everything, professionalism the attention to detail. There's just things that you can't learn in any other environment. Yeah. And uh, to be able to navigate that is really uh, a challenge, and it's, and it's amazing looking back. Like, hey, so accomplished so many things in those, those environments, but the learning was 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 really magnificent. Wow. Just the opportunity to, to to learn. So I'm telling you, it was it was a it was like going to school, you know. In a big yeah. Isn't it, isn't it interesting, though, the way in our culture, you know, if people don't hear that, they don't understand that these, that these guys who are just doing this job, I mean, what's the big deal? Just get in a truck and drive and deliver the packages. What's the, what's the, what's the, so, I mean, everything is what's a so about that because, you know, it's kind of like school bus drivers. I did a, I did a talk in front of, you know, like 900 school bus drivers 
and and they're sitting there and and I said it's such an honor to be in front of you and they're like well what are you talking about you're the lady with the big you know credentials and you're leading the whole keynote here what are you what are you talking to us about that for and they thought I was going to con them somehow and I said the point is you are transporting our nation's most precious cargo I mean they were like tears in the room and and what FedEx guys do and UPS guys do and now the Amazon guys, you are you are delivering, particularly in twenty twenty, right? I mean, went back for when for sure you were doing it, you're delivering life support. Not just a luxury, but really life support. Yeah, it's 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 amazing that cargo that goes through there. I mean sometimes I mean it was it was it was different. There were some like you said, life-saving things that, that go through those systems, and people on the outside have no idea of the importance of some of these things, or or a family heirloom, or it's just oh, yeah. so much that, that goes through there every day, and so it was, you really learn so much about how the world works, and what's possible, and and I will never trade those, those years, and uh, I will never go back those years yeah, right. <laughs> bye no, bye no, review mirror that was that was gold that was gold and yeah you know, back. I, there's just things when i speak to leaders and different people about challenges yeah i have a, a ton of education and a ton of research but i'm also speaking from experience yeah right so I, I know exactly what they're going through and different challenges in the work environment so then was it where was it that you snuck in that <clears throat> doctor? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting story because I had one of the things that kept coming up during my UPS career was I hadn't finished school. Yeah. And they were really, you know, big on that that piece of it. And so if you know, all things being equal, if you were going for promotion two candidates and one had their degree and one didn't want the candidate with the degree uh, to get that position. And that's right. probably true in, in so many places. And that's fair. And so I heard that so many times that I remember going back to school and then I, well, I started out part-time mm-hmm. at FedEx Ground and it was RPS at the time. FedEx came in and bought them, I want to say around 2000. And I remember getting a promotion. You know, it didn't take long because I had 10 years of experience. So, you know, six months in, I'm getting a promotion, part-time supervisor, which is great because I had benefits. I had a salary, and so I knew how much money was coming in every week, which helped the school and oh, yeah. budgeting and all that kind of stuff. And I remember the manager from that terminal I'm going in and we're talking about salary negotiation and I accept. And so it should have been a happy day. And before I left, he, he looked at me and said, you know, I won't even consider you for full-time leadership until you finish your degree. And then he told me the story about him walking across the bridge on the last day when he graduated. And I remember turning around and there was a fax machine sitting outside of his office against the wall. And yeah. I remember saying, looking at this fax machine and thinking, that's the last time anybody throws my education in my face. Like, I'm 
done. So I finished a degree. Well, I finished, I remember finishing my bachelor's degree. I went back. I, and he was gone, long gone after, before I finished, but I went, went back in that, that, that bachelor's Yeah. Then when I finished my doctorate today, I went back, same space, and looked at that fax machine, right? And and now I'm standing here, you know, it took like, for me to finish my bachelor's and my doctorate, five years and four months, I remember exactly from from the day I started, and uh, just to accomplish that. And I, the doctorate, I, I just, I thought that, I, I said to myself, I want to challenge myself to accomplish something that I think might be outside of my reach. And, then, and so I said, hey, you know, I'm going to go for this degree. And if I don't achieve it, then I'll be like the other 99% of the people on the planet. I won't be, you know, <laughs> I won't have my doctorate. And uh, so it was a stretch. It was a stretch thing for me at the time. And uh, but it's a life changer for sure. Because that that level of understanding and knowledge is, is is that it's, it's, it's in a different world than getting your yeah. back. It's a completely different yes, it world. Is. I remember being responsible for about 500 pages of reading a week. Yeah. You know, and the testing is just off the... It, it is very, very, very challenging. And then to work on top of that. Yep. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was something else. By the way, friends, we're live. And just like on real TV... <laughs> There are life noises <laughs> that come out, and a lot of landscapers are out there on Fridays doing what they're trying to do to make your home beautiful <laughs> for the weekend. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to say it's our mascot. <laughs> so with your with your doctoral work, though, you didn't really – you didn't find your niche there. You really didn't find your comfort zone there. You don't really like to talk about it. You love being Dr. Charlie and Dr. Charlie Cartwright, but you, you resist, but it was, so this really to me today, the, the thing that I'm, and again, I'm going to bring back to the theme of our show, just doing it gave you the freedom of release of awkwardness that you had about not in your mind having enough education yeah yeah it was uh such a just a mindset change yeah yeah and that is interesting because again i've never had it thrown in my face again yeah yeah ever and so it's, it's a liberating thing. And then, of course, it was a big decision to move away from, from practicing. And, and because it wasn't, I discovered that as much as I loved it, it wasn't my passion. Yeah, like right. It didn't wake me up in the morning when I can't wait to get to work and, and all those things. And so that that decision comes with a, a fair amount of criticism because there's always someone that thinks they know better than you do. Yeah, right. What you ought to be doing. What you should be doing, right. and so, but I, but I did find find my space, and that that doctor degree is so important to me because what it it, it definitely symbolizes the amount of work, and it's really hard to appreciate the amount of work it is until you've been through it. But people right. do respect that degree, yeah, um, um, for sure. But the biggest thing about it to me is 
your ability to assimilate information is you have to be at a world-class level. And so it doesn't matter now what the subject matter is. If someone says, hey, I want you to deliver a speech on this topic, and they handed me a, a book with 500 pages on Friday, on Monday morning, when I delivered that presentation, people would have no idea that I learned it that week. Yeah, right. <clears throat> because basically, how I always describe it is when you learn new information, it, it forces your brain to build highways that the information can run on. So you're building highways to carry more information and more information. So basically, when you're going through your, getting your doctorate, You've got these eight-lane highways that you've had to build to assimilate that information. Well, the great thing about these highways, they can hold any kind of information. So whatever information I'm bringing into my brain coming in on eight-lane highways. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Things go by pretty quick. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's great. You are indeed a quick study. <laughs> and And the discipline in that, you know, that – the thing that I think about in terms of all the work that I do and what my life perspective is, is everything starts in our head. You know, in this skull of ours, in this brain, we have literally the universe. It is unlimited potential. We can travel anywhere we want, either in our imagination or by traveling through books, you know, whatever it is. That is the ultimate freedom. And when you combine that with our faith, it is, it is such an enormous freedom because you know that there's this unlimited potential for us in this vehicle, our body, our physical body, us as spiritual beings with this. You know, it's really weird. I never thought about it until this very nanosecond. Our brain is really our spiritual being that has just got wings to take us into flight anywhere, anytime. But if we don't exercise the discipline, and you know, it's interesting, Charlie, because as you're talking, I'm hearing all about discipline. And and you went back to the karate kid from the very beginning, thinking your grandma <laughs> had you as the karate kid. And that, that isn't that, one of the things that we wish for our children, not just the ones that we personally bring into the world, but for the children of the world, is for them to be children and learn happiness and trust and play, but that they also learn discipline. And I don't mean sit in your chair discipline because it's punitive. I mean the discipline of brush your teeth and daily habits and then the discipline of, of using and exercising your mind and learning. You know, I have a story on discipline. So I was a really, really good athlete, and and I gravitated toward football because that was a good outlet for all the anger. Yeah. And my freshman year, we had a football coach. His name was Mr. Krause, and he was a chemistry teacher from the high school. And at that time, the freshmen were in middle school. Now they integrated freshmen into high school, which is really a better fit. But at that time... It was seventh, eighth, ninth grade. We're in a middle school, what they call it, junior high school back then. And he was a chemistry teacher in the high school. By the time I got to high school, he was vice principal. But uh, he would come down and coach on this team, and he was a defensive coach. 
Okay. And one of his assignments at the end of practice would be run a windscreen. And he was the one that would 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 have us on uh, work on our cardio. Okay. And so our practice was, you know, was yards, 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards. So we ran 10 of each. Wow. So we ran 10, 10, 10, 20, 10, 30, 10, 40, 10, 50. You had to get down in a three-point stance, right, two feet, one Yeah, hand. yeah. Which, when you get really tired, it gets hard to get down there. Yeah, but, right. And so every, you have to be in a three-point stance before you would blow the whistle to see that you could run. Oh, my. Every time he'd say, get down a three-point stance, he'd say, what's the word? Uh-oh. You know what the word was? Oh, no. Discipline. Oh. Run. Sweet. Get down a three-point stance. What's the word? Discipline. What's the word? Discipline. 50 times a practice. Wow. Wow. What's the word? So here I am. It's 40 years ago. Wow. What's the word? Discipline. Discipline. It got burned into me. And so anytime that I am tired and I don't feel like doing it, ah, I love that. That is a great tool for our audience. Now, here's something really cool. He came back to our 20-year class reunion. And as soon as he walked in, I said, what's the word? Discipline. And he looked at me and said, I can't believe you. You know what is beautiful about that? That's another freeing concept. And it's also, it's an exercise. It's a gift that we've just given to our audience. And, and the thing that's so beautiful about it, Charlie, is you have got, you know, people learn all different ways. You know this as well as I do. And the more channels that we can bring learning happening through, it makes it more powerful because it's a visceral integration, right? So you had the physical, the visual, the auditory, the visceral. I mean, you had the smell of it. I mean, you're on the ground there. And by the time you're done, you have the aroma of your sweat. And, and I mean, that is just absolutely powerful. That's incredible. Here's the other piece of that. Yeah. Under my breath, I call him a lot of names. <laughs> you know what's so funny is that people on the radio that are hearing us on Blog Talk Radio can't see what you're doing, but here I have to tell you, you guys, you got to come and see the video over on YouTube because we're we're videotaping it on Zoom and then it goes up on YouTube. But here's what's really funny. As Charlie says that, he leans in like it's a secret, and then he's looking over his shoulder like the coach is there. <laughs> that is fabulous. Yeah, I'm what? Today, but I'm so grateful. Ah. Today, but I wasn't too grateful. What an incredible gift. And how many people uh, get trapped? in the middle of their own being, in the middle of their own circumstance, because they haven't had a guide to lead them into genuine discipline and teach them how to do that, what that's all about. And and we've had it from multiple ways. I mean, I certainly had it from my parents, from the schools that I went to, from the athletics that I was in, uh, swimming, figure skating, gymnastics, track, you know, running, 
uh, jumping high hurdles, you know, whatever, whatever it is in terms of what we have to commit to in order to really learn. And then really, I mean, all throughout your life, all throughout your life, if you really want freedom, it's not about backing away from things. Freedom is really about engaging in things. And, and with, to get freedom in this life, we have to, it's not about working hard. It's about working smart. It's about working consistent. It's about working diligently on a strategy that you know is going to produce results that are going to afford you your freedom. And I don't, I don't, I don't know that uh, a lot of people embrace that as a reality. Do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely something that is not in the conscious awareness of many people, and it's fundamental to to freedom. There's a Navy SEAL, I believe, Jocko. I can't remember Jocko's last name. I might, I might mispronounce it, but I think it's Lunak. And I think he wrote a book called Discipline Brings Freedom. And that's something they learned, you know, in the military. Yeah. And it is. It, it brings freedom. But it feels maybe when you're learning it, maybe it feels restrictive mm-hmm. to a certain extent. But it brings the freedom of so many things. Like, for instance, being disciplined about how we take care of our bodies, both physically and emotionally. Right. Brings the freedom from disease, right? Freedom from sickness, freedom from so many things. And so, but it's through that discipline of how you you're going to treat treat your body and treat your mind. So it, it's a discipline is a fundamental principle to having a life. I want to. Yeah, absolutely. I want to look here and see if I I pulled up before we went on here. Um, the, um, the success formula that you created and, and I, I, w- I want to find it again because it is so beautiful. So while I'm, lo- oh, oh, oh my goodness, look at this. Whoa. All right. I'm going to do a screen share. Um, there we go. Share. Look at that. All right, friends, you know, this is something that Dr. Charlie Cartwright came up with. And, and Charlie, I really love this. You know I love this. I, I had you come and talk to the Missouri Venture Forum about this. And to me, this is about the discipline that you have to put a formula together. This took tremendous discipline for you to put this together. And <clears throat> Just can you can you talk about this for like about five, maybe seven minutes and tell people what the overall concept is and then say what the letters mean? Because, I mean, we could do and will do an entire hour about it, just this because it's so freeing. Right. See it up for me. Yeah. So the, the concept came from understanding, wanting to better understand leadership and outcomes, right? Yeah. And I'd had a ton of success at UPS. I'd had a ton of success at FedEx. From there, I went on to work for Lockton Companies, which is a large 
the largest privately held insurance brokerage firm in the world. Had a lot of success there. And I wanted to know why. You know, am I getting lucky? Am I doing some things right? Um, obviously, I was doing some things right, but also I wanted to understand, are there things that I should be doing that I don't even know about? And then are there things that I'm doing that I need to stop doing that are contributing to the greater good? So I dove into this research not knowing what I would find. And it's really interesting because there's a ton of research on human behavior, leadership, and that's what I was want to understand is how to better communicate and connect and influence other human beings. And so there's, there's, there's research in the university, there's research in transportation, in the medical field, in manufacturing, construction, aviation, military. There's a ton of of research out there, but what I found was that all these business verticals, they don't speak to one another. Right. So my idea was, hey, if I looked at all their research that I could get my hands on, and what would the story tell? And so this formula, I had 10 intensive years of putting it together, but it's really a result of 34 years of studying leadership and understanding it in the, that last 10, really focusing on what were the key elements. And so these are these are the elements that really popped off the uh, page to me. And this is a very clear path on how to connect with and motivate human beings. And I'm not talking about just in this country, the United States, I'm talking about human beings in general, in any country, in any population. I agree. We're all, we're, we're all wired. Yep. What motivates human being in Africa also motivates people in the United States, Mexico, Russia, doesn't matter. Yep. Because we're all connected that way. So you notice in this formula, it's a very scientific formula and it's bracketed, which is intentional. And it's bracketed and it says T to the power of B. Okay. That T stands for trust to the power of belief. And the thing about trust is you look at a mathematical equation, zero times anything is zero, right? Yep. So inside the formula, we can be doing everything right, being intentional about these things, and we lose trust, we can't send it all out. So it's all about building trust with other human beings, and we build trust with other human beings, then that's where our influence becomes greater. And belief, I put there as an exponent of trust because the longer that you maintain trust with another human being, their belief in you is stronger exponentially mm. over time. So it's natural. Now, the beautiful thing about trust also is it's a multiplier. So everything you're doing inside the formula and you have trust, it's multiplying the effect and the impact. So let's go through it uh, here. First, we have that first principle is care to the power of warmth. Caring, genuinely caring about other human beings, but to the power of warmth. Very powerful combination. L stands for love. Love is is so powerful, and especially in the environment that that we're in now, you can see where it's really needed. Absolutely. And I remember I think it was Dr. King or Luther King said that the only power strong enough to turn a 
an enemy into our friend is love. And so it's huge. It is and huge. And really quickly on love, there's a study out of the University of North Carolina on love and its impact on a human being. And that study says that uh, love impacts everything people think, feel, do, and become. So whenever I talk to leaders and I say, hey, how would you love to impact everything your people think, feel, do, and become? Oh, I love that. You got to love Big one. Next is respect. The A stands for appreciation to the power of authenticity. You got to be authentic with our appreciation. Next is empowerment to the power of encouragement. Then we go to the V, that's value. And when I first was looking at this, I had diversity in there, but it just didn't feel right. And when I arrived at value, and I'm talking about valuing another human being, what they bring to the table. Yep. I'm valuing their age. I'm, I'm, I'm valuing their gender, their race, their socioeconomic background, the, the country, their origin, their religion, their faith, all their beliefs. I'm valuing that human being. Yep. If I'm valuing everything that there is about that human being, then naturally, I'm going to be diversity and inclusion come, come along for the right. Yeah, I love that. It's value just on the fact that you are a human being. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yep. And you're unique. Yes. Just like everybody else. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> We're all unique. Yes. And, and that's the, the amazing thing about that human experience. Then we've got meaning to the power of hope. It's, it's big and, and meaning that's meaningful work, meaning in what I'm doing every day. Is, is so important. So my work, what I do in my life has a lot of meaning to me and, and it has meaning to other people. And that's such a driver and motivator human behavior. Then we've got progress and meaningful work. That's the number one motivator in the workplace, people seeing progress and meaningful work. That's an amazing combination. Then the last piece of that formula is ownership to the power of approachability. So as a human being, I'm owning all my outcomes. Something didn't go right. I'm not blaming Dr. Deb or Dr. Phil or whoever there is to blame. I'm taking responsibility that extreme ownership yeah. for my outcome. When we take responsibility for our outcome, we become very powerful. When we give that responsibility away to other people, we become very weak. And then as a human being, that A stands for approachability. I need to be approachable. There's been so many mentors that have come in my life and helped me, but they would not have come in my life and helped me if I had not been approachable. Right. And so uh, other people coming to me now for advice and mentorship. I'm approaching. And so it's such a powerful thing. So that's a really quick overview of the people success formula. And so basically mindfully and intentionally practicing these elements, these principles, you're going to be successful with your people relationships, barring some Ill- illness someone's struggling with or something like that. It, um, it can be hard to connect. Otherwise, you're going to be able to influence, motivate, and move another human being by following these things. Well, I'll tell you what, Charlie. The, the, the reason I love that you gave that talk, and, I, and, and you really you did it so eloquently. You know, for those of you who are seeing the video, 
It is, it's beautiful and it's colorful. For those of you who are hearing us on Block Talk Radio, when, when this video gets released and when the, um, the posts go out off of the Block Talk Radio show for Freedom Fridays onto each of the social media platforms, you will see this visually. And it's beautiful. It's so, um, it's so crisp. It's so compassionate. And, and it's also so logical and so strategic. It's very intellectual and it's very emotional all combined, which is what we need in our world always for people to be able to be truly functional and for us to have a civilized society. Because when you're talking about people's success, I, yeah, you and I are both working in business. And wanting businesses to be healthy, but we're also working with organizations and not-for-profits and our own families, our own friendships and, and love affairs and, and neighbor relations and knowing that in every part of life, that's what I love about your formula, is in every part of life where there are people, <laughs> wherever there more, are more two or more of us, you know, we got a politic going on. And if we can all operate within this, and you're right, trust and the belief in that trust, holy cow. Yeah. We'd have, if, if everyone practiced this, we'd have, we'd achieve world peace in very short order. Yes, and yes. The thing that I, that I always impress upon my leaders is when I, when I come in and teach this formula to their leadership, so it's an internal, an internal thing. And so we're learning how to treat one another and lead our team to achieve the best outcome, right? So the, the bonus content always comes this way, Dr. Ned. So after we can solve this, we went through, everyone understands, then I give the bonus content. So my bonus content is this. What's going to happen if you treat your customers this way? Uh-huh. What's going to happen if you treat your customers with care, yeah. love, respect, appreciation. Yeah. You think that'll go over well? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, what if you go home and treat your wife this way? Yeah. What if you go home and treat your children this way? Yeah. What if you go home and treat your next door neighbor this way? Yeah. Right? So uh, it's a huge, huge thing, and I'm so excited to be of service people and help people. I've had, I tell you what, I've had many husbands come to me after the fact and say, hey, you really don't do with my marriage. You know, <laughs> I was struggling. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so being intentional about this is, is so key. Yeah. A lot of people, Dr. Deb, want to be successful in their relationships. They yeah. want to have a successful marriage. They want to have a successful business team and business. They don't know exactly how. And so this is a blueprint. This is a formula. This is a recipe that you can follow. And at the end, you know, one of the things I'd like to ask you to do today, Charlie, if you have an opportunity, and I know we both have so many things going on, but if you would do, if you would uh, share a document with me, I'll take the weight off of your shoulders. If you would share a document with me that goes with this um, logo of yours right because it really is it's a it's a logo it's your it's your brand that is what each letter means so that i can post that 
I will blast that out along with what it is that we've done here today so that people have an opportunity to understand, again, what that formula mean, means, what every letter on there means. Can you do that? Absolutely. That would be great. That would be great. So, you know, friends, with with the whole theme of today in the in the last several minutes that we've got left with you, I hope that what you feel is a sense of intrigue and motivation and inspiration and connection to to Charlie and I and the landscaper <laughs> who's out there. I'm loving that guy. I'll tell you what. And respecting him and caring and trusting and believing in my trust in him. He's doing it straight. It's amazing. It's really hilly out there, too, by the way. It's not an easy job. Um, the the thing that we want to do in this episode and then every single time that you come back and join us is we want you to feel our connection to one another and our commitment to wanting to help you be doing the kindest things to yourself and letting the factors include Freedom Fridays so that if you just imagine you take what content we've delivered to you here today the funny stuff and Charlie's story and and in our in our talking back and forth about it and then you take the people's success labs formula and you apply it just the way that that Charlie has invited others to apply it how about if you apply it to yourself how about if you apply it just the way he said to your spouse your significant other your friends your neighbors your employees your contractors whoever's in your midst right charlie yeah and then keep coming back to join us again and again so that we can refresh you and 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 help you finish out your week or maybe your week begins on friday Wherever it is that you're at, we just wanted to make the day sacred. And on that note, do you have some closing thoughts, Mr. Dr. Charlie Cartwright? Absolutely. Just uh, appreciate everyone stopping by. And it's just uh, an honor to have this opportunity to speak to you all. And I look forward to learning more about uh, our audience as the time goes on as well. Yeah, me too. All right, on that note, here's what we're going to do. This is the fun part. We we end the with the Lucky Land slots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.